Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. These readings come from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find this reading on page 833 in your pew Bible. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. In a particular episode of the classic comic strip, Dennis the Menace, Dennis is standing in the middle of the living room on Christmas morning with a brightly lit Christmas tree in the corner, and he is surrounded by mounds and mounds of empty gift boxes. He had done his due diligence and torn open every present. There were shreds of wrapping paper all around him, ribbons cast here and there, sweaters and toys and gifts all around him, like a virtual volcano one after another of open presents. And there in the middle of the living room, Dennis the Menace has his hands extended and is yelling at the top of his lungs, Is that all? Now, I know today's a sit-together Sunday. We have children in the sanctuary. I, I hope that scene did not play itself over in your homes on Christmas morning. 
You don't have to tell me if it did. But the truth is, if we admit it deep down inside, there's a little bit of Dennis the Menace inside each one of us. I mean, we'd love to tell Dennis, you know, Dennis, that's not what Christmas is about, right? We know this. It is not about the gifts. It is not about the presents you receive, despite what our holiday retailers have been trying to tell us for a month. Black Friday does not define Christmas Day. We know that. But deep down inside, there's a little bit of Dennis the Menace inside each of us. Because this morning, just a few days after Christmas Day, you might still feel like something is missing. After all the presents have been opened, all the food been eaten, all the family departed, after the house has been cleaned up and home is relatively back to normal, I wonder if you are also saying, is that all? Maybe you still crave a bit of the promise of joy and peace that we've been talking about all Advent. Maybe you stand here on this side of the manger, marching home from Bethlehem, And you still wonder to yourself, there's got to be something more. There's still something missing. Something that was promised to us all throughout December. And is that all? Well, if that is what you're feeling at all, longing for some sense of peace or hope or joy or love in your life, not only can you relate to Dennis the Menace, you can also relate to this man named Simeon. Here is a man who went through life year after year with a big hole in his life. He was an elderly man, and when we meet him in Luke's gospel, he is looking out into the horizon of his life and realizing that death was creeping in on him more imminently by the day. He realized that he had many more years behind him than he had ahead of him. And as he looked back on the scan and landscape of his life, what he heard over and over and over again was the promise, the promise that had been given to him by the Spirit of God years and years before, a promise that he had been longing for, waiting for, hoping for, given to him by the Holy Spirit. Luke puts it this way in verses 25 and 26. Now there was a man in Jerusalem, he says, whose name was Simeon, This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. How's that for a promise? How's that for an expectation on Christmas Day? In other words, he had lived his entire life longing to see his deliverer face to face. He had been the keeper of a promise. He had been the recipient of a deal with God that he would get to see the kingdom of God touch the earth for himself before he died. That he would get to experience the coming of peace and freedom, not only for himself, but for all of God's people before he tasted death. That he would get to see the Messiah, his deliverer and savior, with his very own eyes before he passed on. And so he waited, and he waited, and he waited. And we can imagine 
that the streets of Jerusalem were well-worn with the footprints of this man who walked the paths of Jerusalem every single day. We can imagine that every morning the friends of Simeon would call out to him, have you seen him yet, Simeon? Have you seen him yet? Perhaps they began to wonder if the old man was getting crazy, still believing in something that had not yet come all these years. Simeon kept walking those streets, looking out into the distance, waiting with expectation, with zero evidence that that promise would be fulfilled. And I wonder if you and I could relate to him. As we take a look at all the promise of peace, joy, and love, and hope that we've been talking about all Advent, and we juxtapose that with the headlines and the inner turmoil of our lives, maybe there's a little bit of Simeon inside us. A little bit of Dennis the Menace that just four days after Christmas we find ourselves saying, is that all? Turns out it wasn't all because one day God said to Simeon, meet me in the temple. And then there in the middle of the temple, Simeon saw a very young looking but very tired looking couple, Mary and Joseph standing there holding a little baby, we imagine wrapped in a little blanket, and there in their arms was the answer to all of his longing. Friends, there is is no author who could pen more beautiful words than that which was uttered by Simeon in that moment because at that very instant he took the baby Jesus into his arms, cradled God right there into his bosom and looked into his face, locked gaze into his eyes and knew that the creator of the universe was looking back at him. He looked at the fingerprints of those tiny hands and saw that those hands were the very same hands that created him and all of creation. And Luke says that Simeon said these words, no more beautiful words ever spoken by Simeon in his life. He said, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the gentiles and for your glory to your people israel now that's a christmas gift that's one well worth opening What kind of gift would it take for you to be able to say this morning, now I can die in peace? What kind of present might there be that would enable you after all of the longing and all of the hoping and expectation for you to finally say to God, I've got everything I need. I now feel the contentment that I've been longing for all my life. Now, God, I've lived the best life you've intended me to live. What kind of gift is that? Well, Luke has news for you this morning. There's still a gift under your Christmas tree. You might have thought you've gotten rid of all those gifts, but there's still one more. If you look closely, look closely under that Christmas tree, there's still one more present. Hasn't been opened yet. 
And if you look even more closely at the gift tag on that present, you'll see your name on it. But notice, your name is not written on the to line. Your name is written on the from line. Because this gift is not for you to open. It's for you to deliver. This present is not for you to get. It's for you to give. Because there on that two line is God's name. There is still one more gift under the tree. And it's a gift that you have to give to God. And in fact, it is the only gift God wants this Christmas. It's the gift God wants from you. And we learn it from Simeon. The gift is your trust. The gift is your obedience and your surrender. It's the only thing God wants this Christmas. And it's the one thing you can give to God. Will you give it? Author Tim Hansel, in his book, Holy Sweat, writes a beautiful passage about trust and obedience. He paints a picture of a relationship with Jesus using a metaphor of, of all things, a tandem bicycle. I love what he writes. He says, at first, I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there like some kind of dictator. But later on, when I met Jesus, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride. But it, it was a tandem bike. And I noticed that Jesus was in the back helping me pedal. Now, I don't know when it was exactly that Jesus suggested that we change places, but life has never been the same since. See, when I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but it was predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when Jesus took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains, through rocky places, at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to, to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, Jesus just kept saying one word to me. Pedal. I worried. I was anxious. I asked Jesus, where are you taking me? And he laughed. He didn't answer. And I started to learn trust. I forgot my boring life. I entered into adventure. And when I'd say, Jesus, I'm scared, he'd lean back and he'd touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, gifts of acceptance, gifts of joy. I received these gifts. They gave them to me to take on my journey. And then we were off again to the next place to meet new people. But then he said to me, give those gifts away. They're extra baggage. They're too much weight. So I did to the people we met. And I found that in giving, I received. 
and still our burden was light. I did not trust Jesus at first with control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it. But he knows secrets about bike riding. He knows how to make, make it bend to take sharp corners. He knows how to jump to clear high rocks. And he knows how to fly to shorten those long passages. And I am learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places. And I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my delightful, constant companion, Jesus Christ. And when I'm scared and I just can't do it anymore, he just smiles and says to me, pedal. For any of us this morning who are on this side of Christmas Day, wondering if there is anything more to this Christmas, wondering whether there is more to this life than you are facing, wondering whether that hole in your life could possibly be filled by those presents that you thought would fill them, then there is one final gift for you to give to God. It is the gift of your trust. And Tim Hansel says it right. When you give God your trust, your adventure is only beginning. An adventure that will lead you to living the kind of life that God intends for you. Not all smooth and plain and secure, sometimes rocky, sometimes mountainous, but the view is amazing. The terrain is breathtaking, and your companion will see you through. It's an adventure that awaits which is why we are beginning the year 2019 with a four-week series called Adventure Awaits. Starting next Sunday for the next four weeks, we will hear these stories of Jesus and make them our own so that you can live this upcoming year the way God intends it, that no matter what happens in this year that lies ahead, you will hear this constant voice of your Messiah say to you, pedal. Just keep pedaling. And you'll be led to say the same prayer that Simeon said, cradling his Messiah in his arms. He says, this child, Jesus, is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too. I love that last line. Because this morning, a lot of us are craving some soul piercing that only the light of Jesus can bring. For only the light of Jesus can pierce through your brokenness and provide you hope. Only the light of Jesus can pierce through your loneliness and provide you true companionship and love. Only the light of Jesus can pierce through the hurt and pain and provide you peace. And only the light of Jesus can pierce through your mourning and bring you joy. And when you experience these things that only God can provide, what an adventure. If only you will put your trust in him. Let's pray together. Lord, we do not know what this year will bring, but we trust in you. 
with all of the difficulties of 2018 behind us, you call us to simply say, pedal, to pedal on, knowing that you are steering to show us things that we have never seen. May the year ahead be full of surprises, and may we not be so preoccupied with ourselves that we dare to miss them. Thank you for the light of Jesus. We trust in you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our newborn King, our Messiah, and our tandem bike partner. And let all God's people say, amen. And so in response to God's word, we offer the gift of ourselves, particularly the gift of our financial contributions on this last Sunday of 2018. We thank you for your stewardship and your faithfulness throughout the year and ask that you help us finish this year strong. We receive from you your offerings, your prayer cards as the ushers come forward.